message, blind eyes can now see, blind eyes, blinded eyes can now see. And we're actually taking our text from John chapter 9, and I have a lot because I'm going to be going through the whole chapter. There's a lot to learn from this chapter and from the lesson of this man's eyes being opened, a man who was born blind. It says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man, and I'm going to recap, go back a little bit. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was born blind, born blind, he was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. That the works of God should be revealed in him. We all came into the world blind, spiritually. We were all born blind spiritually. And Jesus was sent by the Father to open our eyes. And today, I believe that Jesus is walking by and he's coming directly to you. Now, there is this scripture here that says the the man was born blind. How can you identify somebody that you just saw or met for the first time and realize he was born blind? I had to be told what happened to Stevie Wonder before I knew how he became blind. This man was born blind. There was a story that I read about T.L. Osborne being in a a place in Kenya, and he was ministering, and there was a child that came into that uh, meeting among the hundreds of thousands of people that were in the field to listen to him, and this child was born blind. It was obvious to everyone that this child was born blind because there was no opening to the eyes. Just thick skin from the top to the bottom. No opening, no eyelashes, nothing. It was just there, born blind. And God gave that child brand new eyes. I mean, according to that testimony, they started praying. The mother had her eyes closed and she was praying so hard. And after after the prayer, she looked down. And this little boy was looking up and just studying her face. Brand new eyes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus can see open blind eyes today. But the question says, the disciples asked this question, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus said, of course, in this uh, passage, neither. It wasn't his sin. I don't know how a man can sin before he was born. But neither his sin or the sin of his parents, but for the works of God to be revealed in him. So whatever you're going through, in whatever form of blindness you are in, if you will be delivered by God, you need to ask the right question. I said last week. The right question is what's going to give you give deliverance. In the case of this man, it wasn't his sin. It wasn't his parents' sin. But it was God that allowed this for his work to be revealed. In other words, God used this man. He wanted this man to show the world through this man how he does his things. 
And that was the only reason this man was born blind. But it's obvious that your sin can cause you blindness. Both spiritual blindness and physical blindness. Your sin can cause you trouble. What you sow is what you reap. Many times when we're going through difficult times, we are looking for people, someone else to blame. I hear that a lot. It's because of my dad. It was because of my mom. It's because we're always passing the blame out and we're not looking to ourselves. As long as you keep looking out, if the problem is really from you, you will never get delivered. You must first look at yourself. What did I do to curse this? I have to know that. Did I do something to bring this upon myself? If I'm having financial difficulties, is it because of my activities? What am I doing wrong? Is it because I'm not paying my tithe? Well, I'm paying my tithe. But how are you spending your money? Where do you go? How are you handling your life? Can you get a better job? Can God help you? These are the things you need to ask. Is the problem coming from me? And if it's so serious, you've done everything that you know to do and it's not working, then you start looking somewhere else. Or else, is it coming from my parents? It's clear there is generational sins, or generational curses. When it happens in the home, everybody in the home going through it, even you've known about cancer running through the family, somebody's got to stop it. And you can be that person that God's going to say, because, because God blessed Abraham. He said, in you, every family on the earth will be blessed. So your family, even though they've been experiencing a curse, now that you've found the truth, put an end to the curse. Realize this is generational. It's been happening to everyone in our family. Uh, my auntie had cancer. My niece, my niece had cancer. Grandpa had. Well, I'm not going to have it. And from the it stops right here. My children will not have it. We're putting an end to it. But you have to agree it was because of something maybe somebody did in the past. God said, I will visit their iniquities upon them even to the third and the fourth generation. So you, something that you know, I don't know why this is happening to everybody in the family. That's the clear sign. This is generational. You don't have to be worried about it. Just identify the problem. You have the power of the name of Jesus and you can put a stop to it. You can put a stop to it. Just trust God. It will end. You have a family, nobody's ever graduated from college. Something is not right. This is the United States of America. You can get scholarships and you can go. But nobody thinks that way. They start halfway they're gone. Something is wrong. Cry out to God. Pray. Break this generational curse. And Jesus said, I have given you a mouth and a wisdom that none of your adversaries, none of your enemies, that's demonic forces, they cannot resist it. They can stand against it. You speak God's word and those things will get off and you break that curse and your family can enjoy life. So if it's not you, if it's generation, it doesn't matter if it's you, if it's you, ask God for forgiveness. 
Amen. Just ask God for forgiveness. And the Bible says, if he, I, I, I reason this way. Jesus said, if a man has offended you, not only seven times in a day, 70 times seven. That's a lot of offense. In one day, it's like you give me, pow. Well, I'm sorry, brother. I'm really sorry. Well, I forgive you. Pow. I'm sorry, brother. Brothers. Seventy times seven. Jesus said to forgive. If God's demanding that much forgiveness from man, how much is he willing to give? All you have to do is ask him. If it's my sin that's causing this problem, can you forgive me and give me something new, God? I need new, I need some release here. All you have to do is ask. And you get your forgiveness. For everyone that asks, receives. For everyone that asks, receives. You, all you have to do is ask. So your sin can cause you to be sick. You have to look at that physically. Sin can cause you to be sick. If the sickness doesn't make sense, you've done everything, then this is something from the enemy. You don't have to be scared about, uh, of it. You just trust God. God's going to heal me. I remember once when I was um, in junior college here in uh, Georgia, I came back from school and all of a sudden something hit me real bad in the stomach and I was uh, really sick. And my friend, he was saying, you better go to the infirmary or you go to the hospital. But for some reason, I knew deep inside of me that the hospital was not going to help me with this. Because a voice told me in my head, now that you are serving God, all those stuff that you drank from the voodoo doctor's house, uh, you got to deal with it. I don't know where that came from. And I told them, no, I'm not going. You know what I did? I found Isaiah 53. Amen. Isaiah 53. In that room, after my friend left, I started confessing those words. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I am healed Every time I said that, the pain grew stronger. And I said, I'm, I'm beating him real hard now. He's feeling it. And so I continued with my confession. I go to the bathroom and throw up. And then come back with my confession. He was wounded for my transgressions. And all of that, the next day I was back in school. It was over. It was over. Because scripture cannot lie. So you have to find out what the word says. And don't be a gentleman or a lady. Well, yes, we want you to be a gentleman and a lady. But when dealing with the devil, he doesn't want you to be gentle. He takes that as being silly. Oh, you want to be... Oh, I like you to stay that way. This is going to be a real good fight. Because you're doing nothing. That's why I like Samson. He says to Delilah... You can bind me. And Delilah says, uh, the Philistines are upon you. He says, I'll just go out there and shake myself. Amen. Shake yourself. And when they see him shake, shaking himself, they're all like, we can't, we can't take him on. But if you lay there, not knowing the word of God, the enemy will come after you. 
But you have to have that confidence. The word of God will work for you. Once you have identified the problem, God will work for you. But every sickness is not as a result of sin. Every trouble in your life is not because something has gone wrong. God may be allowing it, and everybody has different, different things that you're dealing with. You didn't ask for it, it just showed up. It's not something that you ask for, and it doesn't make sense. When it doesn't make sense, that's not the time to be discouraged. Because God allowed it for a purpose. Not your purpose, but His purpose. To you and to family members and your friends, doesn't make sense. I don't know the color of your trouble, but I'm saying it falls under this. For the works of God to be revealed. For the works of God to be revealed. That's what Jesus said. It is for the works of God to be revealed. So it has nothing to do with your sin. It has nothing to do with the sins of your parents. God had a purpose in mind. You remember what it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28? All things work together for good. To those who love God. So you have to check yourself. Do I love God? Yes, I love God. And if you feel like, I don't know if I love God, then start saying it all through the day. Say it till the next day. And you begin to feel that love for God in your heart. Just say it. In my prayer time, I always tell God, God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. I say that all the time. God, I just love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Whether I feel something or not, doesn't matter. I just tell him. And as I say that, because the words that we speak, they are spirit and life. Because we are born again, we have this new regenerated spirit. Those words work for us. Those words work for us. He says, because I believe, therefore I have spoken. So I speak those words until the words take over me. He says in Romans chapter 10, He's the word of faith that we preach, that is in your mouth and in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth, so I confess it because I know the word. And as I confess that word, I feel the love inside of me for God. And you can't take that away from me because I've spoken it. That's part of my life and the Spirit of God confirms it in your heart. So all things work together for good to those who love God. So I tell myself, I love God. I don't care what's going on now. No matter what this problem is, He's turning out for my good. And God's word cannot return to Him void. God is not a man that He should lie. If God has said something, He's going to do it. If He has spoken, He will make it good. And so stay with that word. God will turn that thing. And nothing is impossible with God. He is able to turn that thing for your good. To those who love God... And to those who are de-called. Those who are de-called. According to what? His purpose. Not your purpose. His purpose. Your purpose is to be like the other guy over there. God says I created you differently. 
I have a different assignment for you. Not that man's purpose, but his purpose for your life. And that's exactly what happened to the blind man. God was revealing his purpose for his life. Whatever happened to him, God wanted to show his power to mankind through this man's life. He healed this man. You know, I, I know, you know, sometimes we think, oh yes, it was so many years that went by and all of that. I know that this man was around after Jesus left for heaven, right? And he will be among the believers. You know how many times people will be interviewing him depressed? Please come and tell us, how did he do this stuff to your eyes? You mean you were really, is that you? That, I'm hearing that uh, you were truly born blind. The guy says yes. Can you come to our church and tell us about this? Amen. He goes around telling what God has done. Is God's power revealed in his life. So no matter what you're going through, if it has nothing to do with you, and has nothing to do with your parents, what's really happening, God allowed it so that his power is revealed in your life. His power is revealed in your life. So that you can touch other people's lives. You know, the things that I've gone through in those early days. God protected me my first year as a Christian. Even though I had been with voodoo doctors. In fact, many times, and I said it here before, many times when I went to those voodoo doctors, witch doctors, I hated being there. My heart was not in it. But Satan doesn't understand that. If you eat his meat, he's going to come after you. And I was eating those um, uh, uh, meat sacrificed to idols and, 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 and dancing. I loved the dance and ev- dancing and everything. But I hated the praying for, for this uh, uh, demon. Like I said the other time, it, it, that stuff looks really ugly. Carved wood. But later, I started experiencing the difficulties from my activities from there. And, and God delivered me from all of that. I had spent a lot of time. It was years. But today, that's the same thing that I'm using to help other people. I can tolerate and stay with a person for weeks and months until I see them delivered. Because I know exactly what they're going through. And I'm able to encourage them. And I'm able to help them to free them from it. And sometimes I have been around it and I will recognize. In fact, there was a, a lady, uh, Angela and I worked with that in Texas A&M. The, somebody had told her on campus, uh, we don't understand your problem. Uh, there is a man here, here on campus. His name is Goodluck. Go to him. Maybe he'll understand what you're talking about. And she came into my room and, to talk to me. And I was going to give her an excuse. And before I put down my books, because I was in college, I put down my books to tell her, look, I don't have time for you. The Lord immediately said, you know, that's the nature of our problem. She had not said a word to me. And I said to her, lady, I think I understand what's going on with you. And she stopped everything because this problem started when she was eight years old. In a Catholic church. Nothing, nothing against Catholic churches. But she started in a Catholic church. And she had been oppressed. And she said, if I couldn't tell anybody, they'll think I'm nuts. They'll think I'm crazy. And she, when I told her, lady, I think I know what your problem is. She dropped everything because she'd never told a soul. And I talked around the problem. And she shook her head. And then finally just opened up to me what was happening. And Angela and I prayed with her. 
She got free. One of the implications of her issue is she could never get married. Remember that? And she could never hold down a job. And I knew that. I told her that's probably what it is. It's going to happen. She got free. Not too long after that, she got a job. And then she married a minister. Hey. Amen. But if I had not gone through what I went through before, there was no way. How could I ever recognize what was going on? So when you go through a thing, you're going to stay, rest in God. All you need to know, if you didn't bring this on yourself, and had nothing to do with your parents, even if you brought it on yourself, but it still don't make sense to you, God can free you and use your testimony and your life to help others. That's what this thing is all about. Let's talk about this man being healed. I don't have too much time now. Beginning from verse 3, he says, Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed to him in him. I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming when no man can work. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am a man and I can only do work during the day. The night is coming when no man can work. I must work the works of him who sent me. The night is coming while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. What does it mean? You mean Jesus didn't heal anybody at night? He only healed. He said, hey, let's hurry up. It's getting dark. Because after it gets dark, my power is gone and I can't heal anybody. Is that what he's saying? The truth is, you only have one day to work for God and to live for God. Your lifetime is your day. Every hour that passes, you have, I mean, every day that passes, you have less time to work. When you die... Your day is over. Many Christians, they are wasting their day. The hours flying by and they are not doing, no attitude about what Jesus said. I must. Notice what he, the word he used. I must. Jesus had just done something. They wanted to stone him and he took off. And while he was living, he met this person. And this was Sabbath. And he knew there was trouble coming. But he felt, I've got to do this. You only have one day to work for God. Your lifetime. And many of us are wasting our time. We are wasting our day. 
Night is coming. The day is fast spent for some of us. Hello? I'm very aware of that. The day is fast spent for some of us. We are very close to the end of the day. But what have you been doing? What's your attitude like towards the word of God, the things of God? We just have some people join to serve. What's your attitude? Is it like I must do this for God? We're not talking about preaching. What are you doing for God? Jesus said, as long as I am on the earth, I am the light of the world. Is that not what he said? Did he say anything to anyone else that you are the light of the world? Who else? To you. Didn't he say that? You are the light of the world. Read Matthew chapter 5. If you are the light of the world, then you have been sent as well. He was the light of the world, right? And he was sent. I must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So he is the light of the world sent by God. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So you also have been sent by God. Do you have that passion to do the works of him that sent you while it is there? Or you're just sitting around letting the day go by. Sitting around watching television and NFL. Nothing wrong with doing all of that stuff. But what are you doing with your day? How is your father profiting from your day before he gets to be night? God has sent you to be the light of the world. You know how the light shines? When you do this work. That's how you reveal the light. I must walk the walk. Jesus said, I'm the light. As long as I'm in the world, when you're taken away, it's over. Jesus knew how long he had on the earth. And he had his mind fixed. You persecute him in one city, he goes to the next one. Many times he had very little time to eat. Sometimes he didn't even have to eat. Before they brought the food, he was already in his father's work. And he, he said, my food is to do the works. And I'm thinking about myself. For me, I'm hungry. I'm telling you, can you come back at 2 o'clock? I need to, eat. I need to get some hamburger here. <laughs> 2 o'clock is it. I mean, I'm really hungry. I'm telling you, I haven't been eating. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. Praying all night long. And then coming out and then meeting the multitude and spending time speaking to them and praying for them. We can't even wake up to pray in the morning. All, day, all we do is, Lord bless this food that I'm about to receive. Is it all about you receiving all the time? Can't you help somebody else receive? We have to do the works of him who causes, you know, the, the Americans, and I need to put this word out here. Some people have no idea that you need to bring more people to God. If you don't have that in your mind, you've really missed what Christianity is all about. 
You've been sent. After Jesus rose from the dead, he sent us, right? He sent us. Go, preach the gospel. There's no time that God will reveal, if you understand, whenever God reveals himself to you, as a Christian, he's sending you out. When he revealed himself to Moses, as I am, what was he doing? He was sending him to go free people. When John and Andrew met Jesus and they recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, guess what they did? I mean, Andrew went and found his brother Peter and he said, look, we have found the one that the prophets, all of them wrote about. Because Jesus revealed himself to him. And when Jesus found Philip and said, Philip, follow me. And as they discussed and Philip realized, this is the Messiah. Philip ran, he looked for his friend Nathaniel. He said, we found him. He said, Jesus of Nazareth. The guy said, Jesus, can any good thing come from Nazareth? He says, hey, I'm not going to discuss with you. I can't argue with you. Just come. You will, take, you will find out. Come on, brother. You cannot have God reveal himself to you and not be sent. To bring somebody in. I realized that from the day I was born again. That my job as a Christian is not just to give offering and bless the church, but to bring somebody to Christ. I knew that. To walk the works. God's looking for children. His son died, firstborn, to have many children. And he's given me that commitment and made me like just like Jesus to bring many sons unto God. I must walk the works of him who sent me. And most Christians have even a job. There are unbelievers around them all the time. They are talking crazy, saying crazy stuff. And they, their mouth shut. They are afraid to speak. You don't deny Jesus, but, but by your action you deny him. And Jesus said, if anyone denies me before men, I'll deny him before my father. You're afraid to speak because you want to be loved by the world. Uh, not you. Uh, those of other guys back there. Don't get mad at me. But we have to realize that. The television thing is to win souls. That's my joy. When I heard that this 11-year-old kid had called, I want to be saved. My, my joy. Because that one kid can transform his whole family. And change the course of that family. And break the course, break the course in that home so that everybody becomes free. That can happen by us sharing out. They've, they've told us in the United States that 80% of Americans say they will go to church if somebody, a Christian, will just invite them. It's not for the pastor. Everybody, you have to bring somebody to Christ. Just like, like uh, uh, Andrew brought Peter. Look at how great Peter became. By his brother's invitation. They went everywhere. Even the woman at the well. Remember her? Once Jesus revealed himself to her, she couldn't hold it. She went back into the city. And men that she hadn't talked to for, for years, she was talking to them and inviting them to him. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? I must work the works of him who sent me. 
Many times we're thinking, well, I think pastor is talking about this because he wants the church to be filled. Yes, that you're right. I want it to be filled. I want my father to be pleased when he comes back. But I need every one of us to get together and do this together as, 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 a child, as children of the living God. We must walk the works of him who sent us. And in so doing, we see miracles. When I went out into ministry, I bought, I think I was showing uh, Brianis in my office today, because I have some of those videos. I knew, basically, if I tell the gospel, God, you will have to do the miracles. I need to see the healing. So I bought my camera because I was going to document it. And I documented a lot of them. Because God's word will never fail. But until you have a heart, and my, all my heart, my wife's heart, we wanted to win souls. I talked to my pastor, uh, Pastor Addison. He was district superintendent for Georgia. And I was telling him what you're doing, that our church, we raise the money and we are putting stuff on television. And he told me, you know, your son, my son, I need you guys to work. I need many grandchildren, he said. <laughs> I need many grandchildren. Tell your church. Hopefully one day we'll get him back. How many of you met Pastor Addison? Yeah. He wants many grandchildren. He understands what this thing is all about. We heal them. We walk with them. After Jesus is healed one man in John chapter 5, he found him in the temple. He said, don't sin anymore. Right? So it's not just about healing. The idea is to free them from the power of sin and bring them into the kingdom of God. And we have to reach out to them. So we must light, follow the light. My goodness. My time is up and I'm going to stop right now. Amen. Bow your heads with me today. First of all, I will make, uh, I'm going to make two altar calls. But I want God to speak to your heart today. If you're here today, all heads bow, all eyes closed, and you have not turned your life over to Christ, and you say, Pastor, I really want to do that. I want Jesus to take complete control of my life. Maybe you turned your life to Christ before, but you are not truly following Him the way it should be followed, but you want to do that. You want God to give you grace to do that. What I want you to do is at the count of three, just raise your hand up, and I'll see that. God will see it, and we'll pray for you, and then you make your commitment to God. One, two, three. Put your hand up quickly. Put your hand up. So we got all believers here today. The second one is this. How many we commit? We still have how many months? This is August. We have to December. Can you make a commitment to God and pray to lead one soul to God before the end of the year? Simple commitment. Just one. To help somebody Find their place in God. How many of you will make that commitment today? That if God will help me, God, I need you to help me. 
I'm going to try my best. If you remind me, I'll do it. Just help me to lead one person to you before the end of this year. Please help me. Holy Spirit, help me. If that's you, please stand up. Stand up and I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, please stand up. I'm going to let you know this. It's one thing to make a commitment to God. He sees you. And I know you are not doing this for pastor, but you're doing it because you love God. One thing I've noticed about the Holy Spirit, if I make a commitment, when I'm around people, all of a sudden in my heart I started thinking, and he's reminding me, you said you would do this, son. Why don't you do it now? You got the people before you. Many times I've told him, I know I told you that, but the circumstance doesn't look right right now. I'm telling you, God, let me show you what you don't know, real God. But usually that's the right time when he reminds you. And I need you to make that commitment and start right now and begin to do that and see what God will do. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Please lift your hands up to him in surrender. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we raise our hands to you today. We pray for opportunities to be brought our way. And we pray for strength in our inner man and in our will to do what we are committing to you. Lord, we are committing ourselves to you to win and to lead one person to you before the end of this year, Lord God. We commit, we know we cannot do it. We can't do anything without you. Your word says without you we can do nothing. And so we acknowledge that. And both God, we are saying to you that we commit to you that with your help and with your help alone, as you give us the opportunity, we would like to lead at least one soul to you before the end of this year. Grant us grace, multiplied grace. And remind us of the opportunities. Open our eyes to see the opportunities to lead somebody and to help them find their way back home to God. Thank you, Father. If you made that commitment to Christ today, I want you to say one word with all reverence from your heart. Just say the name Jesus. That's all you need to say. Please say the name Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please be seated. And I'm going I'm to share with you what I believe is happening because you have to test the water. And what you've done this morning is so great. Because notice, not too long ago, we were having a whole lot of visitors in church, right? We always have to renew that, amen? Because that's just the way the Holy Spirit works. I believe that because of what you've done today, that heaven has honored it, and God will begin to bring them. Some of them, you will not, they'll just come by themselves. But you see, God will not send people to us if we're not 
our mind is not there. Amen? But if you have that mind today, God will be sending them your way and sending them to church where they can find God. You see, two cannot walk together unless they be in agreement. And what we've done is come into agreement with God and He will begin to walk on our behalf. But I tell you what, for every soul that you bring to God, your blessing in eternity will be so great there is no way on this earth that you can even imagine what it's going to be like. But I'll also let you know this. Once you get on the other side and you receive your blessing, whatever that is, your state of, the state for your new life, that's the way you are going to live for the rest of eternity. You won't be able to change it. I believe that there are going to be governors, there are going to be senators, there are going to be all kinds of people in the kingdom. It's, it's a kingdom, right? It's a kingdom and you have officers. It's okay, I've had this song in those days, I just want to be by the door. I don't want to be by the door. You can be by the door if you want. I will still greet you, but I, I want to be near the lamp. Amen. Sitting close to authority. That's where I want to be. You make that decision on your own. And God will honor it. It's whatever you want. It's whatever you want. You make the sacrifice. Angela and I, by the grace of God, we made the sacrifice. And I tell God constantly, I'm happy with this. It's not even a sacrifice for me. It's a privilege. I'm very thankful to Him for this privilege to do this for Him. In this world that God found just two of us, there is no greater blessing. We may not see that here, but over there, I think it's going to be so wonderful. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. It's time to give to our God. We give to honor God, but I cannot stop bragging on this church. I don't understand what God's doing with this church. There are so many givers. We've never lacked from the one. I was showing uh, Brian uh, 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 some video this morning. He had, his hair was really dark. <laughs> and I turned and I looked at my hair. I had a full hair. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Time has gone. But all these years, God is taking care of our needs. We've always had. Whatever we wanted to do, God's given us over and above. And that's because you are obedient to Him. And my prayer is that God will bless your business, whatever you're doing. Whatever you set your hands to do, that God will give you an increase. And God's doing it. And we see that by what's coming in. Amen. Lift your offering, offering up to the Lord today. We're going to bless it. Jesus, you receive this offering from us according to your word. And we ask that you will take our offering spiritually and worship your Father because we gave from our heart with thanksgiving because of the privilege you've given to us to be a part of the family of the living God. We're so grateful. Use our offering to minister to the world, to bring souls to you, to bring healing to those who are sick. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. If you have any prayer requests, please put it on that connection card and put it in the offering basket. 
a bucket for us. Stand up with me. You know what's important? It's always good to humble ourselves. Wish what we have done today by humbling ourselves. I cannot do these things. All God is asking for you is to have a heart. Some have found out that people who sometimes in the church may not consider very spiritual, these are the people that God uses the most and sometimes through these individuals bring other individuals that become so powerful in the kingdom of God. I know of one poor young who was a school a high school girl. He doesn't even remember her name. Now he is the pastor of a church of over 800,000 people. Started with a little high school girl. Nameless high school girl because she was willing he said she was always coming to share Christ with him a Buddhist and God healed him from tuberculosis then and then turned the ministry today lives have been blessed all over the world I want to be that person how many of you want to be that person I want to be that person God brings somebody that will significantly change the world somebody like Billy Graham somebody like T.L. Osborne Somebody led these people to Christ. It could be me. You don't know when you see them. I love young people. I share with them. Because I don't know what they are going to become. But I pray that God will put something in them. Because they can become so great. And I would like to say to them, please don't forget I was your pastor. No. When you get that big, okay? <laughs> Let's lift our hands up tonight. This